Hello everybody, my name's Darren, I write a blog called A Demon's Voice, it's about movies and shit like that, you can find it at ademonsvoice.blogspot.co.uk, and I'm also on Twitter, at ademonsvoice, of which you should definitely follow me, because why the fuck not? Anyway, uh, how are you all, you've had a good week, mine's been shit as usual, I did get a bit of feedback on last week's blog, podcast, whatever, uh, which is always quite exciting though, uh, well, one of those pieces was from the brilliant comedian Brett Goldstein, who called me the best critic on the internet, of which he is obviously completely correct. But somebody also messaged me to say that they'd really enjoyed my piece on The Invisible Man, even if it does have some slightly dated references in it. I mean, what the fuck? I've been paranoid about getting older since I started pissing myself every time I go to the toilet. I've probably mentioned this before, so I won't go into detail. But whenever I've had a wee, I've started to retain about about a shaft full of piss that I then have to milk out of myself like my cock is a diseased udder. I mean, it's still a good dick, obviously, don't get me wrong. Aesthetically, it could be in a textbook to teach people what a nice dick should look like. I go to the gym so I see other people's dicks in the changing room, and so I know that mine is a good one. Not, I mean, I'm not looking, obviously. I just see because the gym change rooms are like walking onto the set of fucking Caligula. I saw some guy's dick the other day, and it looked like it had been chewed on by fucking mice. They tell you in school that dicks come in all shapes and sizes, but some genuinely look like director David Cronenberg has tried to create a slug out of old fucking sausage meat. I know that everybody thinks their dick is a good one, but mine really is. It's just that since turning 30, if I don't empty it like it's a fucking froob, then it will start to vomit out urine like a sexy one-eyed boggling. Anyway, the dated reference that I'd apparently made uh, was in regards to, like I said, the Invisible Man movie, which takes the idea of an invisible man and turns it into a feminist thriller, the new movie I mean. Uh, a feminist thriller about a woman being gaslighted and abused by her ex, and because he's invisible, and he's treating her like shit, I said that it was as though she was being haunted by the ghost of a stellar artois. That's an alright joke, isn't it? It's not bad. How is that dated? Obviously, the drink stellar artois is associated with domestic violence. Do kids not drink that before smacking their partner about anymore? Oh what? Too busy eating pods of fucking laundry detergent and sticking tampons laced with fucking vodka up your arseholes to drink a pint in Stella and get a bit punchy with the missus, are you? Or husband. You can get punchy with your husband too. It's 2020 now. So I guess either partner has the same amount of right to lamp the other. Not that younger people have partners these days. Why fucking bother? We have unlimited access to porn. Here's a fact for you. Since the availability of free online porn, teenage pregnancies have dramatically reduced. That's good, isn't it? And... That's only slightly possibly linked to the fact that erectile dysfunction in teenage boys has also dramatically risen. That sounds bad, but on the plus side, it's good to know that my now daily struggle to achieve an erection isn't due to my age, but the fact that I watch too much porn. Phew-wee, I was almost worried for a second though. I know I've been waffling for a while now, but what I really want you to take from all of this is that a professional comedian that's made a film, Brett Goldstein, thinks I'm great and also I have a nice dick. That's what this is about. Anyway, that was last week's bloggy podcast thing. This week we're talking about Onward. It's the latest Pixar movie that I went to see, then wrote about, and now I'm about to talk to you about. So sit back and enjoy whatever dated references I throw at you this week, you pieces of fucking shit. How about you write 1500 words a week on a movie without unintentionally throwing in a few references specific to your own generation, you dickheads. Now, enjoy. Cheers. Pixar films are great because you can take a first date to see one and if they're not in floods of tears by the end then you know they're likely to be a fucking sociopath and you're in danger. Not that I go on many dates of course. The only chance I have to meet people is through Tinder and recently I've been left swiping on everyone like a motherfucker because I've started getting off on the idea of being the one that rejects them for a fucking change. 
So, even though Pixar's latest Onward is quite clearly a children's film, I ended up going to see it alone, which is fine. I'm aware that in a row of parents, child, parent, child, parent, child, me, that I must look like a fucking nonce, but I also don't want people disturbing me when I'm at the cinema, and so I'm quite happy to have children be told not to go near the bad man. Still, probably shouldn't be getting my dick out even if it is just to maintain that illusion. I went into this movie pretty blind, having avoided all trailers and reviews, and so I wasn't sure what it was going to be about. As it turns out, it's a fantasy film that takes place in a world that's relatably our own, but where magic is treated as being part of the mundane. Imagine the Lord of the Rings, but if the hobbits were stopping every few miles to brag about how many fucking steps their Fitbits were up to. Or the Narnia movies, if Edmund had to stop and ram his fingers down his throat because he'd eaten too much Turkish delight and he was worried that his Instagram followers might spot he was getting fucking fat. This film focuses on two teenage brother elves, Ian and Barley, voiced by Tom Holland, who is brilliant, and Chris Pratt, who is presumably more available than Jack Black. Or maybe I'm being harsh. Chris Pratt's character believes in all of the far-fetched stories that he's heard about the past, and that most people dismiss as being fucking bullshit, and so perhaps he's actually been perfectly cast here. Since finding out about Pratt's love of a silly, homophobic god, I've been a bit down on him. But then I also read that in real life his father-in-law is Arnold Schwarzenegger, and if I was banging the Terminator's daughter, I'd probably start fucking praying too. He is still quite annoying though. Ian and Barley's story starts with them both having lost their own dad at a very young age and wondering what life would have been like if he was still around. It's a heavy subject, and one that I'm all too familiar with, having experienced the death of my father at much too young of an age too. Well, maybe not death, that's probably an exaggeration. My dad isn't technically dead, but I did find him fully dressed and asleep in bed at about 4.30 in the afternoon of the week, and so I suspect he doesn't have much fucking longer left in him. Ian and Barley's lives change forever when they find out that their father has left them a very special gift. A magic staff. If my dad leaves anything to me after he dies, I doubt it'll be as exciting as that. Unless you find hereditary fucking heart disease to be particularly exciting, I suppose. The two brothers decide to bring their father back to life with the spell allowing his return for a maximum duration of 24 hours. Having had his dad die when he was too young to remember him, Ian is particularly anxious to get him back to start forming new happy memories. Although, he has a sense of loss and abandonment already, and so I'm not sure what more memories he thinks he'll get from having a dad. Unfortunately, the spell goes wrong and their father is only resurrected from the waist down. So, they might not have fully brought him back as they'd planned, but at least they can claim to have been the proud inventors of the travel dick. Of course, this wasn't their intention, but at least they brought enough of their dad's body back for their mum to start creating a few new happy memories of her own. The brothers therefore decide to go on a quest to retrieve an artifact that will allow them to complete the spell and get the rest of their dad back for the day too. Barley is massively into a Dungeons and Dragons type card game, and so a lot of the film is quite meta, with him commenting on the tropes and cliches of the fantasy genre. I assume he's also an incel. I hate to judge a person based on their hobbies, but I work for a company that sells these kinds of cards, and I can confirm that virtually all of our customers do look like they're fucking paedophiles. I can't tell if Barley's skin here is blue because he's an elf, or if the chronic blue ball that I have no doubt he's suffering from has just started to spread to the rest of his own fucking body. So, the two brothers take the legs with them on their adventure. I don't know why. Can they not trust their mum with them? She's going out with a centaur now, and so after shagging a man whose lower half is a horse, I'd be surprised if their dad even touched the fucking sides. Of course, the legs end up being responsible for a lot of slapstick humour, and it's incredible how Pixar can create so many touching moments with just one pair of limbs. 
but the boys have these legs for 24 hours. I spent the whole movie wondering when it was going to need to do a shit and how they were going to deal with that. I won't ruin the end, but just know that any sentiment here was slightly tainted for me by the fact that Ian and Barley's dead father's bottom half would definitely have had to have soiled itself within the allotted time period. The film synopsis claims that two teenage elf brothers embark on a quest to discover if there is still magic out there. Is wiping your own dad's ass considered magic now? Because as an only child, I have nobody to pass that responsibility onto, and I am currently struggling to convince my own parents into agreeing to let me hold a pillow over their fucking faces when it comes to it. Regardless, the film therefore follows the traditional structure of a quest movie, in which the characters go on a journey only to return as different people, and with a more experienced outlook on life. It's not about gaining something new, but about seeing what you already have with a fresh pair of eyes. Kind of like the time I visited Toxteth, only to come home with a new appreciation of running water and air that didn't stink of hot piss. Toxteth is a piece of shit town near where I live. I mention it quite a lot. I suppose how magic the world seems to you is directly connected to your cynicism and what you've become blasé to though, isn't it? The characters in this movie literally live amongst unicorns, but because that's what they're used to, they see them as no different to how we'd see a clouder of feral cats. Oh, clouder, that's right. That's the collective term for a fuckton of cats, apparently. As in, I'm on Tinder because I would like a clouder of pussy. That is the most horrendous thing I've ever said, I apologise. We're told that their world invented our modern technologies such as cars and electric lights because it was easier for them to do that than constantly having to cast spells. But, if they're capable of magically creating people from the genitals down, then I am impressed that they could be bothered to get anything done at all. I would have once told you that our real-life existence was a bland trudge through mundanity, but then I also wandered into a sex show while stoned in Amsterdam once. It turns out that there is still magic in the world, they just charge you one euro a minute to view it in a crusty booth whilst off your tits on something called Chernobyl's Explosion. In the case of Onward, the message seems to be about appreciating what you have instead of focusing on what you've lost. This film isn't quite top-tier Pixar, but it's not far off and, oh, what a cliché. It made me cry at the end, didn't it? How very predictable. I swear to God that one day Pixar is just going to make a movie in which somebody hits a bag of fucking kittens with a hammer for two hours. I guess we'd call that a smashed clouder, which admittedly sounds like something a hipster might eat for breakfast and sounds fucking delicious. Thanks for listening, motherfucker. I don't know how you listen to this, couldn't give a fuck, but if there's an option to give me five stars on whatever it is, please do that, and a nice review would be good. You know, what the fuck else have you done for me? Uh, see you next time. Bye-bye.